0: Ladies and gentlemen, mesdames et messieurs, damen und Herren, from what was once an inarticulate mass of lifeless tissues, may I now present a cultured, sophisticated
1: man about town. Hit it!
0: you're listening to 90.7 FM KALX. I'm Frankling, and this is Berkeley Box.
2: That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science and technology and their effect on our daily lives. I'm Gordon Campbell. Today
3: we'll be bringing you stories about sleep, the joys of lactic acid, and IQ deficiencies. I'm Michael Fitzhugh.
1: And I'm Charles Lee. Also coming up in today's program, Kathy Ridwager will join us to discuss the brand new internet search engine, Blinks.
0: Also we'll find out about our back-to-school technology specials.
2: So stay tuned for all of this, plus the world-famous question of the week, right here on Berkeley Grox.
0: Welcome back to Berkeley Docks. I'm Frank Ling.
1: And I guess it makes me Charles Lee. I'm Michael Fitzhugh. And I'm Gordon Campbell. Wow, looks like we have a full house today, huh? Yeah, it is doesn't need a full house, and it's uh, great to have a full house in, I guess, 10 by 10 room or something. <laughs> 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 We're girls, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> I fear for the lack of oxygen, but that's okay. <laughs> School's almost about to start, too, for all the people on the Berkeley campus.
3: Ah, uh, yes. Just as it ends for you, it
1: begins <laughs> yes, for
3: some yeah. of us other poor Indeed. souls. Well, Mike
1: Fitzhugh, going to uh, journalism school, right? Very soon. Excited about that? Oh, really excited. Uh-huh. I wanted to do it for years. Wow, well,
0: your journey begins. <laughs>
3: I expect that I'll be delivering expert
1: stupidity over the course of the next (laughs) year or two. Well, you can't do any worse than what's on Fox News, I think, so (laughs) we'll just have to see. we
0: are no ordinary idiots. (laughs) All
1: right, well, we wish you the best of luck, of course, at journalism school, and we'll see you in two years as a full-fledged registered journalist. (laughs) (laughs) Thank
3: you. But until
1: such time, you can pretend
3: to be one on this show,
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like we all do, until
3: yeah. they take away my uh,
2: pointer card. Right. <laughs> and what about you, Charles? You finished your tomb of a thesis last week, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm still recovering from that whole experience. So it's uh, I don't know what I'm doing right now. The never-ending
0: story right? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: from the writing or the party afterward. A little bit of A, a little bit of B. Uh-huh. <laughs> So I guess we should actually talk about science at some point here.
0: Yeah. So what's going on in the world of science this week?
1: So it turns out that a group of researchers are looking at the link between stress and sleep. Uh, You mean more sleep plus stress? Uh, less sleep, less stress.
0: Whoa. <laughs> I've been sleeping too much, I think.
1: Well, it may have to do with a certain peptide called peptide S. A peptide S, not peptide R or T? <laughs> well, I imagine S for sleep or stress, one of the two. <laughs> Makes sense. But it turns out that a group of researchers have identified this peptide called neuropeptide S, which is a signaling molecule in the brain. The researchers really didn't know much about it up until recently, but have localized to a region of the brain near what's called the locus ceruleus, which is an ancient part of the brain that gives rise to wakefulness. And this type of thing. But what they show is that if you actually inject mice with neuropeptide S, it actually gets them to be a little more uh, alert, and, and they show that with a decrease of that, they're more sleepy and they're sort of less stressed out.
3: Is this stuff available in the uh, Cal Student Store?
1: <laughs> I think it'll be the next thing on the market soon, a little pick-me-upper. Better than caffeine. You'll see it in the new uh, Red Bull drinks, I think. <laughs> so it's quite fascinating work, and it was research done by Yanling Zhu and published in the journal Neuron, which she showed all this uh, very fascinating results. <laughs> So, do you guys have any learning deficits? Uh... Sorry, what? Huh? <laughs> Where am I?
0: <laughs> so, uh, it, it turns out if you are, your mom may have ingested some biphenyls or perchlorates while giving birth to you.
1: Oh, uh, I think it was probably the crack that did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> you it was kimchi? <laughs> a little bit of both.
0: <laughs> so uh, researcher Ted Steller, a physician, has determined that such compounds can bind to your thyroid gland and somehow cause uh, the hormones to be imbalanced in mothers who are giving birth, and as a result, that hurts the brain development in the fetus.
1: So it can lead to all kinds of things, I guess, like mental retardation.
0: Yeah, and babies who are exposed to these chemicals, turns out, on average, they have IQs which are 7 to 8 points lower than they should be otherwise.
1: Hmm, okay. So So that uh, would explain my IQ of zero, then. (laughs) 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 Well, mine might be slightly lower, but...
0: But scientists are urging more study for children's development. But unfortunately, Congress so far has not taken interest in uh, investigating this kind of research.
1: Mm, okay, so where are these biphenols found? Are they uh, naturally occurring? Oh,
0: they're used in, in plastics and other uh, sorts of compounds are found in flame retardants.
1: Well, I don't know what uh, mothers are doing eating flame retardant compounds <laughs> <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> this might be a joke. So the mothers have to be pretty dumb to begin with to so eat flame retardant. <laughs> Maybe that's
0: where the correlation comes.
1: Yeah, it's a sort of natural selection <laughs> working itself out. I think.
0: <laughs> well, this was a uh, interesting summary from Chemical and Engineering News from the July 28th edition. <laughs>
2: Have you been watching the Olympics this week? Oh, yeah. High jumps, trampolines. Well, apparently, those athletes who are experiencing the burn caused by lactic acid buildup in their muscles may, in fact, be benefiting from the lactic acid rather than having that hinder them. And this discovery was made a few years ago, but actually now people are figuring out why lactic acid can help rather than hinder an athlete's performance.
3: So this is pain with gain?
2: Exactly. <laughs>
1: nice. And so the lactic acid occurs from what? The anaerobic burning of sugar, right? Right. So it's not fully
0: oxidized. Right.
2: What happens is the electrical signals that make our muscles contract are controlled by the balance of sodium and potassium and chloride ions inside Mm -hmm. and outside the muscle. And then during intense exercise, potassium flows out of the cells and accumulates, which reduces muscle contractions. And it turns out that a team discovered that lowering pH to a level typical of a hardworking muscle counteracts potassium's reduction of muscle contractions. And this acidity does it by reducing the dampening effect of chloride ions probably stemming from their flow in contractions. Counter to what people have previously thought, the lactic acid buildup is something good for us. Conducive to winning? (laughs) Exactly.
1: Now I know when Susan Powder says to feel the burr, (laughs) you really got to go for it. (laughs) No disputing that. Yeah. So if you want to find out more about that.
2: Uh, You can read about it on the Science Now website.
1: And that's all for a look at recent developments in the world of science and technology. You're listening to Berkeley Grox only here on 90.7 FM, KALX. Well, coming up next, Ms. Kathy Rutwager will join us to discuss the new internet search engine, Blinks. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Berkeley Grox only here on 90.7 FM KALX. Well, the recent hoopla surrounding the Google IPO has highlighted the importance of search engines in helping us to navigate the vastness of the World Wide Web. But the hype surrounding Google has certainly overshadowed the larger number of competing search engines that are expanding the capabilities of the search in the same way that Google did four years ago. Well, joining us today on Berkeley Grox to discuss one such search engine is Ms. Kathy Rittweger. Ms. Rittweger is the co-founder of Blinks, a program that promises to make searching much, much easier. Ms. Rittweger, thank you very much for joining us today on Berkeley Grox. Thank you. It looks like you've created a very interesting new search engine. I'm wondering if you could tell us about Blinks.
4: Sure. Well, first of all, Blinks is um, the first search tool that links together information in a variety of places, not just from the web, but also online news, digital TV content weblogs or blogs, but most importantly, from your own computer. And the way it does that is that it actually thinks about what you're reading and then links to all of that various content. It's almost like taking the search engine and making it invisible, if you will. So there's no typing in of keywords or Boolean queries. And we've even um, eliminated the whole mechanism of searching through um, irrelevant results. In fact, what we do is just automatically take you right to the relevant results, and you don't even have to do anything except for download it from our website, which is blinks.com, that's B-L-I-N-K-X.com.
1: Wow, this sounds pretty fascinating. So if there's no keywords, then how does it know what to search for?
4: Yeah. So, for example, what if you were receiving an email, let's say, from a friend, and it was inviting you to um, a Rolling Stones concert, and you were wondering, well, hmm, what's new with the Rolling Stones anyways, and how is Ms. Jagger? So you could click on the News button from Blinks, and it would bring back the latest news about the Rolling Stones, and then you might click on another button, and videos or concert tickets and CDs and DVDs would pop up. So all I'm doing is I'm just reading my email, and all this information is being linked and brought forward to me without even typing anything in the context that I'm focused. on. Focusing in on today. So it's really about eliminating all of the human intervention, if you will, in searching. There's no keywords, there's no inputting. It's just looking at what I'm interested in, whether it's a Word document, an email, or a web page, and bringing back information to me before I even ask.
1: Wow, that's quite impressive. So it not only searches the web; it also, you said, searches your own computer.
4: Yeah, exactly. So when you download the software, it first of all asks you if it's okay to index or organize your own desktop. So it uh, looks at your content as well as your email, and then all of that information resides in your computer. That stays in your computer, so it's not sent off to us, or you know, it's not revealed. So your privacy is very important, and we believe that it should be protected. So. That information stays there. However, what Blinks is then going to do is whenever you are interested in something that maybe you're reading about on a website, it's going to say, hey, don't forget, you actually do have a document or a PowerPoint presentation or maybe an email or a PDF that's related to this document that you're reading right now.
1: So how is this particular search engine built? Is it built on existing technology or is it completely novel?
4: Um, It's actually using some uh, collection of technologies that we've both invented and we've licensed, but it's um, using some self-learning algorithms, actually. I mean, I'm probably the only person that's not technical in the company, and so everybody else is very technical and smart. Um, I'm just the one that sort of complains and says, well, how come I'm typing in keywords into a search engine and not getting the results back that I want? So from that perspective, I guess my big complaint has always been, why is it that we spend so much time serving technology when technology should be serving us? And that's the intention behind Blink's.
1: Indeed, indeed. So how did you go about developing this? Did you actually ask people uh, what would they want in a search engine? or You
4: know, yeah, it was interesting because I was working on a project myself last year and I was spent probably 90% of my time, maybe it was a complicated project, but I spent a lot of time coming up with keywords, typing it into a search engine, looking at the results, and then by the time I went back to this report that I was trying to write, I sort of got distracted and forgot my point. <laughs> and so this was the thing that I was talking to uh, the co-founder of Blink, Saranga About And I told him, you know, why is it that if I type into a search engine an entire paragraph of something that I'm interested in thinking, well, the more I tell you about what I'm interested in, the better results I should get. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what I naively thought. Actually, I got back zero results. And for me, I I was quite curious about that. So he's the one that told me, well, Kathy, you know, search engines are actually optimized for 10 words or less, so you you sort of overloaded it when you typed in your whole paragraph. But that's what got us going, because I thought, well, wait a second, that doesn't make sense now, does it? Why is it that I'm taking this big idea that I have and distilling it down into one or two keywords, and I don't even know how to construct a perfect Boolean query to... (laughs) You know, um, accurately predict the type of results I'm going to get back. Right. Shouldn't it be easier if the technology does all of that work for me? So that's what our technologists set out to do and fulfill which is quite different from the search space. It's now all about linking and bringing that sort of content back even if it's in a multimedia format versus just a text or a web page.
1: And indeed, I guess a lot of time is often spent just filtering through all the uh, search results that one generally gets on these sites.
4: Exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, I talked to some people and ask them, well, you know, is it How satisfied are you? And I mean, I think there's definitely a lot of information that's out there on the Internet that we can find very quickly with search engines, but sometimes it's just nice when you have a complicated idea or you just want to see, like I said, with getting an email and having that automatically linked over to stories and concert tickets and such. It's nice to just have that all residing in one place instead of having to stop what I'm doing and opening up a browser and then going through that whole sort of process.
1: Indeed. Um, So I guess as everyone knows right now, Google's the big name in search engines, and do you think Blinks can compete with Google?
4: Yeah. um, With Google and the others, I think that they're great search engines. It's just that we're sort of operating in a different category, if you will, because we're not really focused on keywords or natural language queries or the user inputting something to search for something. What we're all about is sort of sitting in the background and automatically bringing that content forward to you. So we sort of almost think about it as, you know, it might sound a little corny, but what we're saying is that Blinks is thinking thinking and linking for you, <laughs> which is different than you thinking about the keywords and then inputting it and pursuing that route.
1: And uh, how long has blink been available?
4: Um, we actually just launched the company officially on July 22nd, and uh, we're pretty excited because, you know, we haven't done any sort of big advertising campaigns, but uh, we were picked up by some bloggers, and there was one guy in particular that wrote a blog about us, you know, in the very beginning, and um, Om Malik, and his blog was picked up by some other people, and the, and he's actually in San Francisco. Then eventually we went from sort of zero to right now we have over 600,000 downloads and it's all been pretty much by word of mouth. So we're quite excited about it because what it tells us is that somebody must be satisfied with their experience because then they're telling their friends. And like I said, we haven't done any formal marketing up to now except for just some PR and the bloggers.
1: So if people actually want to get a look at links, uh, where can they get it?
4: Yeah, it's a free download. I and mean, if they come to our website, BLINKX.com, links, they'll see a place where they can just click a button and download it. It then installs it itself. It's on, on your computer and it's ready to go. So it just basically starts organizing as soon as it's um, on your computer, but you can start surfing and finding links to content out on the Internet immediately.
1: Well, I, you know, I tried it out a little bit, and it certainly was a pretty innovative tool. So, uh, hopefully, I guess people will go and try it. Do you have any more, I guess, words about the uh, search engine itself?
4: You know, there's one thing I guess I should mention is one of our buttons is an icon of a TV, mm-hmm. and what we're doing right now is, for example, I was reading about John Kerry's uh, speech at the Democratic National Convention one day, and then, um, and that was a web page page that I had up, and then I clicked on the digital TV button, and up came a news clip of John Kerry actually giving his speech. So we're linking together both static content and multimedia content, and that's available with Blinks today. And what we have in our roadmap for the future is then taking that same technology and allowing people to search their own digital content in the same format. So it might be something like um, you just went to a birthday party for your daughter and You want to show this video to your friends, but you don't want to show them the 10 minutes before the actual, you know, Mm -hmm. singing. So you type in happy birthday to Emily, and it would go straight to that frame within your home video on your computer where everybody starts to sing happy birthday to Emily. So our whole idea is, you know, right now a lot of people are talking about searching and keywords and, you know, searching the Internet, and it's all really about text. Mm -hmm. What we're really focused on is the fact that, you know, our computers are becoming the hub of all sorts of information, not just textual, but also sometimes our checkbook statements come in PDF format, Mm -hmm. and, well, did I put that in, you know, my file within the bank file on my computer, or is that still in my temporary folder of my email. And boy, I can't remember where I left it. Mm -hmm. What if Blinks could help you find that? And meanwhile, what if it could also help you find that MP3 that you didn't rename or the image that's still called, you know, numbers and letters or the the spot within your video content where it talks about what you're interested in? These are the sorts of things that we have our eye on in making um, all of this content searchable that's in a multimedia format as well as a static format. Well,
1: that would certainly be impressive, and I think most people, I guess, have a load of content on their drives that uh, needs some indexing in some form. or <laughs> Yeah,
4: exactly.
1: All right, well, Ms. Redwiger, I want to thank you very much for your time and joining us today on Brooklyn Grox to talk about Blinks, and hope it all goes well for you.
4: Thank you very much.
1: And you were just listening to Ms. Kathy Rittweger, co-founder of Blinks, discussing their innovative new methods for computerized information searching. If you'd like to try out Blinks, you can do so by going to their website at www.blinks.com. Blinks Blinks spelled B-L-I-N-K-X. You're listening to Berkeley Grox, only here on 90.7 FM, K-A-L-X. Well, coming up next, Mike Fitzhugh will join us to give us the inside scoop on back-to-school technology. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Berkeley Rocks, only here on 90.7 FM KALX. Well, school's about to start, and of course, that means brand new technology for the new school season. And to fill us in on all the uh, hot new items is Mike Fitzhugh. So, what are the hot items for uh, school technology, Mike?
3: Well, as we were saying before, uh, I'm back to school, and a lot of people are back to school here in Berkeley, students all across the nation as well. Which means it is a great time to pick up a new computer or upgrade the one you've got. You're likely to find the best deals these days in school-affiliated outlets, like the Cal Computer Store, the Scholar's Workstation, and University Hall. Also, in those stores, they're best equipped to give you good advice about the certain machine that will best fit your course of study and work best with campus computing resources, like the labs and dorm rooms and such. Right.
1: And do they have special deals, I guess, for uh, the students that together?
3: They do. Apple especially has pretty steep discounts on uh, laptops and desktops, but also uh, makers like Dell and Gateway and uh, HP always offer educational discounts.
1: Oh, that's good. I didn't think Apple offered any discounts, but some. They
0: have like a Cram and Jam discount going
3: on? Yeah, there's actually a pretty good deal if, if you want to uh, join the cult of the white earbuds out there. For also known as the iPods? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the people carrying the iPods that come with these uh, little white-colored earbuds. Uh, You'll see it all around campuses across the nation, okay. and they're in plentitude here in Berkeley.
1: I thought Apple was going to make those multicolored, what pastel was. <laughs> oh
3: yeah, you've got those iPods too, but the yeah. earbuds are still oh. those stupid white little things. So anyway, you can get this, uh, if you buy an iPod and a laptop either an iBook or a PowerBook, you get some special deal, like $500 off, 200, 200 some decent chunk. Mm-hmm. So, and when you're going to school, it all matters. Yes. <laughs> Just make sure you stay on top of your order at the Scholar's Workstation,
2: because I ordered a computer there beginning of the year, and they lost the order, and I was waiting around for months wondering what oh. happened
3: to do. Yeah, nothing worse than waiting around for a brand new computer. So if you do pick up a new computer, and especially if you're getting a laptop, make sure that your new machine has a uh, built-in wireless networking feature, usually called Wi-Fi, and that way you're going to be able to take advantage of AirBears, which is a wireless network here on campus. You can uh, connect to your email, web, and other online stuff. from over 500 areas on campus for free and without needing to plug into anything. It's really it's really handy, actually. You'll see a lot of people in cafes. I saw a couple this morning sipping their coffees and furiously <laughs> typing emails, you know, not looking at each other at all. Uh, they're playing games, is what they're doing.
0: <laughs> By the way, if you go to Boot Awakenings, you can get free wireless access there.
3: Nice. Oh, very good. Nice. So a couple other things to look for in computer this year. Built-in Bluetooth It's handy for connecting up with cell phones and PDAs if you've mm-hmm. got them. Very nice. And also a fat hard drive. Ooh. Very nice for uh, storing music and uh, video, anything like that. Help your friends enjoy their music, digitize it, and then uh, kick back and enjoy some albums you haven't heard before while you study. Very cool. And lastly, uh, security cable is a good thing to have, especially on campus these days, because um, bike thieves are you know, thieves love bikes, but uh, they love computers even more. Wow.
1: So. Yes. It's only a couple thousand bucks. And then hopefully, if <laughs> hopefully they're lucky, they can get the uh, bicycle shaped computer, and they'll, <laughs> they'll be really happy. <laughs> <laughs> they, haven't, if they haven't built a device yet combining those features, have they?
3: As soon as they make one, though, let me know, because my bike frame just cracked the other day, and I want one yeah. immediately.
2: Well, if
0: you can believe it, they've actually built a piano that looks like a Porsche.
3: I can believe that. <laughs> guys at Porsche Design must be so bored. (laughs) (laughs) So a couple brief more things. Um, You might consider buying a USB memory stick, which is a little thumb-sized device that allows you to cart around small bits of data, like uh, term papers or uh, MP3s, so you can uh, bring some of those favorite study anthems with you. And if you've got the bucks, you could buy an iPod as well, Ooh. which uh, does come uh, anywhere from 4 uh, gigabytes to 40 gigabytes. And you can put your music on listen to the music on the go, put video files, journal entries, whatever. And if you have an Apple, it will automatically sync with your calendar and your address book. So that's a makes it a pretty natural choice for Macintosh users. Very nice. And no matter what, remember that you don't actually have to own a computer on campus. <laughs> Though it seems like everyone has one. Oh, you, you
1: have to give in to peer pressure.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying for a new computer myself. But you can always you know, borrow friends, get one used, go to the library, and use the campus computing resources.
1: Very good advice. All right, well, thanks a lot, uh, Mike, for that technology update for uh, all those back-to-schoolers. Certainly.
0: So, and now here's the Shaolin Priest with the answer to last week's... Question of the week. Ah,
1: thank you, Ryan. Center yourself with the sliding of the slipping. Oh, it feels so good. Petroleum jelly center! Ah, made of petroleum. <laughs>
0: Okay, and now here's Tokyo Kid with this week's question of the week. I always wonder which color are your eyes most sensitive to? Is it red, yellow, green, blue, or purple? Well, if you know the answer or think you know the answer, email us at grox@hotmail.com. at hotmail.com. You won't win anything, but you might just see the light. And that's all for this week's edition of Berkeley Grox.
2: Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. For Berkeley Grox, I'm Gordon Campbell.
3: If you want to contact us, you can email us at grox at hotmail.com. For Grox, I'm Michael
1: Fitzhugh. You can also see us on the web at www.grox.net. For Berkeley Grox, I'm Charles Lee.
0: And I'm Frank Link. Stay tuned for more music with your host, Katie.